purpose is transforming the world of work and business. Those leading the way are values-based and people-focused leaders who see business as a force for good. Host Kevin Monroe explores how tapping into the power of purpose infuses your business with meaning and touches the lives of your employees while positively impacting the communities you serve. With the Higher Purpose Podcast, here's Kevin Monroe. Hey, it's Kevin, and it's time for another installment of the Higher Purpose Podcast. And I want to thank you for joining me. And I started to say again, but For some of you, this may be the very first time. So whether you are joining for the first time or whether you're a regular, welcome and thank you for spending this time with me and allowing me to spend this time with you. And today, I want to invite you into a conversation. And I really hope that you are able to enter in and experience this conversation as if the two of us or three or four or five or 20 of us were just sitting in a room together having this kind of intimate conversation. I jokingly call them Kev Chats now. I don't know. Let me know what you think of that. But anyway, why this conversation? Well, there are plenty of thoughts that have just been rising up in my heart or mind or wherever thoughts rise up. And there are plenty of interesting things that have come up and come out of conversations recently. And I just wanted to invite you in to that conversation or those conversations. And then why now? Well, that's an interesting question that I started reflecting on. And as of the day of this release, so if you catch this on November 12th, In just 50 days, we will officially be in the year 2020. And now that has just kind of hit me. And I don't say that because I don't want that to instill fear or concern in you, you know, in this, oh, you aren't prepared. You should be doing more. That's not the conversation I want to have today. If that's what's rising up in you now, some kind of, you know, fear, some kind of, oh, I'm not measuring up, just quiet it down. That's not the conversation I want to have with you. This is not to induce any kind of guilt. This is not to spark shame. It's to inspire hope, to get you and me thinking differently. So do you remember when 2020 seemed completely in the domain of science fiction? And it was like in the way out there future. I remember just so many different things that I saw years ago and I mean, like maybe years ago, some of these like, you know, when I was a kid and you saw these things about 2020 and what would the technologies that we would be experiencing and, you know, kind of like the one that I'm still waiting for is the Jetsons mode of transportation. Just get me up and buzz me over all of the gridlock. But we are on the verge of 2020. We're on the verge. And if you've been around, if you heard me back in episode 115, that episode called Have Fun Being Yourself, you know, I had fun with this phrase, on the verge. But we really are on the verge of 2020. And seriously, as I often heard growing up, this phrase, God willing and the creek don't rise. I'm not really sure what all of that means. But God willing and the creek don't rise. In just 50 days, you and me will be writing, saying, and most importantly, living in 2020. So here's some of the thoughts that have hit me lately is that 2020 
is not just a new year. Yeah, you're thinking, yeah, duh, Kevin. No, seriously, folks, so many times I get in that mode this time of year where I start thinking about, you know, what are your plans, dreams, aspirations for next year? Well, perhaps more vividly than any other time in my life, it's just really impressed upon me, hey, this is a new decade, and I'm thinking differently, and I want to invite you into a conversation about that. But before we do, before I just get totally lost in that and you know forget all about gratitude, I couldn't forget about gratitude. But I do want to ground this conversation in gratitude. So let's pause and ponder. And you know I often ask guests, and I often ask you, what are you grateful for in this moment? So I want to pause and invite you to think about that. Wherever you are at this moment, what is something, and certainly there is something as you look around, that inspires gratitude in you. So this episode releases, if you catch it on the date of release, that would be November 12th. It releases one day after we've launched the fifth live session of the Gratitude Challenge. And so that just gives me pause because there is so much to be grateful for related to the Gratitude Challenge. So let me spend just a couple of moments. One, my collaborators in this project. You know, for those of you that have been around a while, you know this started back in the summer, back in July, on episode 101 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. And I welcomed as my guest, my new friend at that time, new friend. Now we're like old friends, Steve Foran. Steve had written a book, from Surviving to Thriving, The Ten Laws of Grateful Leadership. And as we were launching into the second 100 episodes of the podcast, I thought it'd be fun to ground it in gratitude. Then, had this idea one morning. I awoke with this idea. What if we did a gratitude challenge? So I called Steve and said, hey, Steve, what would you think of doing a gratitude challenge? And Steve said, yeah, I'm in. Well, then I contacted my collaborator in all-purpose-related projects, Christy Kern, and said, hey, Christy, what do you think? She said, I'm in. And then just a couple of days later, through a tweet, we found Kat Hayes and connected with Kat Hayes from the United Kingdom, and she's joined us as the artist-in-residence of the Gratitude Challenge. So there's just so much. I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for everyone and every one of you that has chosen to join us in one of these 10-day journeys of gratitude experience. And I probably, I don't know, I'll just do this. Hey, if you catch this on the day of listening, we'll squeeze you in. If you reach out and want to join the 10-day gratitude challenge that started yesterday, November 11th, we'll squeeze you in today and let you catch up. Then I'm grateful for everyone, and gosh, there's so many, everyone who is an ambassador and has spread the word to invite others to join us. So I'm going to give a shout out to one particular person, and that's Rachel Keck. Rachel, Christy, and I were on a conversation earlier this week, the week of this recording, and Rachel reached out to me a couple of, well, a month or so ago and asked, hey, you're doing another gratitude challenge in November because we want to do a company-wide challenge. So, Rachel, thank you. I mean, this is just fun that we are collaborating and doing this, a company-wide challenge. And I hope others of you are doing company-wide gratitude challenges, whether you're doing those with us or whether you're doing those on your own. So, anyway, thanks. 
Now, a couple of other things. I've just got to express gratitude before we get into this conversation. There are people like Lindsay Peterson. And Lindsay, if you're listening, you may be surprised that I'm giving you a shout out on the podcast. But Lindsay reached out to me just recently on LinkedIn and wrote, I'm a huge fan of your podcast and have been listening today to the interview with Bernadette Jiwa, an author I admire. Keep up the fantastic interviews. Thanks, Lindsay. And as you know, that led us to have a conversation because Bernadette Jiwa is one of my favorite authors as well. We'll be sure to include a link to the conversation with Bernadette Jiwa on Story Driven, the book that I just love that helps companies express purpose in and through their messaging. Well, then there was just a few hours later, Anthony from the United Kingdom reached out and wrote, I saw your post about your Higher Purpose podcast, and that inspired me to reach out and connect. And then Anthony and I began in just text conversation. So I'm grateful for people like Anthony, for people like Rachel, for people like Lindsay, who see the power of LinkedIn as a platform for community, connection, and conversation, and for using it to encourage, to encourage others, to encourage me, and for the betterment of our world. Oh, I could go on and on with gratitude, but instead, let's move on. Let's get into this conversation. Hey, you know that there are times, and I used to think of myself as weird. Maybe you still think of me as weird. Differently, I began to think, not weird, we're wired differently. And I believe that applies to you. So let me start with a question I've been enjoying over the past few days. But before I ask that question, I want to share a hunch. It's a hunch about you. And I believe you, that in some facet of business, leadership, or life, like me, you have chosen to take a road less traveled. So is that a fair assessment? I hope it is. So last week, I started thinking about this. What happens when you and me lose our way on the road less traveled? Now, that's a new thought for me. I never really thought about that before. And I'm still pondering and processing this. So please do not hear this as pontification. This is just pondering and inviting you to ponder with me. And perhaps it's easier for you and me to think that we've lost our way on the road less traveled because the road is not as clearly mapped out as other roads. There aren't necessarily established exits on the road less traveled. So we think we're lost and we're actually not. We're just enjoying the journey. So being less traveled means that there are fewer markings on the journey. Whatever your favorite GPS app is, mine is Waze. My wife uses Google Maps. Maybe you use Apple Maps or whatever your favorite GPS app is. It doesn't really help you on the road less traveled. This was validated in a conversation on LinkedIn with David Opoku, who said that this has certainly been his experience when he's returned to travel his native Ghana. Google Maps just doesn't help him because the roads are less traveled roads. So the point I want to explore is what do you do when you think you've lost your way. Whether you've actually lost your way or not, that's irrelevant. But what do you do when you think you've lost your way on the road less traveled? 
And actually, here's the fault that hit me last week, is who do you call? Or maybe it's who do you call first when you feel you've lost your way? Have you ever done what I've done in those times of wondering and wandering? And that's call someone to ask for help, to ask for directions. But then all of a sudden I realize the person I've called chose to take the other road. And that got me thinking, how does that work out for you? I got to tell you, it's never worked out for me. So I was thinking about this. It would be like me. You know, I live in the Atlanta metropolitan area. So it'd be like me setting down on a journey on Interstate 20, traveling east to west from Atlanta to Dallas and calling my good friend Tony Kim, who lives in Bakersfield and with whom I've spent a lot of time driving the I-5 in California and asking Tony, hey, what's a great restaurant at the next exit? Right? That's nonsense. We're not even heading to the same destination, nor are we traveling the same direction, and we're not even on the same highway. So we don't even have the same options available to us. Tony might say, hey, there's a claim jumper at the next exit. We've eaten there several times together. There's a claim jumper. Hey, I'm not sure there's a claim jumper anywhere on I-20. So here's the thought that I've been pondering. Sometimes the destination you choose and the direction you choose to travel determines your options and determines your options for assistance, right? So let me expand this a little more. I've had this conversation with several of you lately. One of those was my dear friend, Mike Vacanti. And, you know, so we do work together around humans first. So if you are someone like many of you are, I believe, you are passionate about the pursuit of purpose, higher purpose in life, would you call someone whose passionate pursuit is power and prestige and ask them for input, advice? And if you did, might their recommendations, suggestions, and even options and alternatives be dramatically different from yours? And their playbook is not of much help to you at all. Or in leadership or business or life, You've chosen a life of significance over a life of success. You've just figured out that you want to make a difference. And that's more important to you than making the dollars. Significance over success. Would you call someone who is absorbed in the pursuit of success and the trappings of success for counsel? If you do, don't be surprised if the advice of your success-driven friend just doesn't seem to connect or relate or help you. So here's something to consider, and it's why I'm having this conversation. I want to ask, are you surrounding yourself with people who are taking the same road as you? Or are you making things more difficult on yourself because you keep getting directional advice from people who are traveling to a different destination in a different direction and you wonder why you're so conflicted? 
Okay, so I want you to hear, I'm not saying this to correct, rebuke, chastise anybody. That's not it. Please don't hear that. I'm saying this because, folks, I get it. I've done it. And I recognize, and that may be why I was having this epiphany, I recognize that this didn't happen in a vacuum. It happened because I've experienced the tension way more than once. And here's what I can tell you, that I'm reluctant of anyone who has found a way of doing something and then elevated themselves to guru status and proclaimed their way as the way for everyone doing anything. And as I've attempted to do things differently in business, leadership, and life, and I've tried to apply some of these methods that people have said were the way, the only way may be implied to do something, and then I find it's not working for me, and I'm conflicted and, you know, frustrated, sometimes pulling my hair out. Then it just hit me. Hmm. Maybe I'm listening to the wrong people. Maybe I'm asking the wrong people for input. So while I'm on this, I got to go a little bit further and say I'm real leery of alleged air quote around experts, and especially those who are taking something they've heard or studied from someone else, and they may not even know themselves for sure, whether it works or not, and they're hawking it as the, capital T-H-E, bold, underlined, you know, italicized text, the way. So it doesn't matter if it's three, five, seven, or 12 steps. Don't buy every expert system because their expert system may not be appropriate for you. So what do I suggest you do? Run from people like that and hold on to your wallet and your charge card. So what am I saying? And again, why am I saying this? You know, I'm not saying, please hear me. I am not saying that you can't learn from anyone, that there are certain people you can't learn from. I believe we can learn from anyone. We just learn different things. And I believe that everyone has something to teach me and I can learn from anyone because I have that mindset of a learner, lifelong learner or learner is, you know, one of my top strengths and strengths finder. However, what I am suggesting, and again, like I said, I've had some conversations with people. I've had some conversations with people who are dealing with the same level of conflict I've had, attempting to do something in a new, unique, innovative way, but handicapped by using old methods, using old models. So what I am suggesting is that you be very selective, extremely selective, and cautious with whom you invite into your life as a mentor or a model, a role model. No where they're going, know what they value. And if they're traveling to a different destination, taking a different road, be careful of how much influence you allow them to have in your business, your leadership, or your life. If their goals, beliefs, values are radically different, especially if they are inconsistent, maybe even diametrically opposed, then be very careful. The other thing I want to say then is, what do we do? Well, I believe, and maybe more clearly than ever before, I'm recognizing the importance to connecting to like-hearted travelers. Notice I didn't say like-minded. We don't have to think alike, but you have to be wired alike at the heart, connected to like-hearted travelers. Because you and me, 
We want to make a dent in the universe. It's what we aspire to do. We can't do it alone. We have to do it in community, in connection, and in collaboration with people that share that journey and are on the same road. So speaking of roads less traveled, I've got a couple of others that I want to explore with you in this conversation. You know, so I started by talking about how 2020, I'm thinking differently about 2020 a little bit. I want to return to that and unpack that just a wee bit more for you. So when I said a few minutes ago that in just 50 days, we'll be beginning 2020, I'm curious, how does that land with you? Does it inspire hope and ignite possibilities? I certainly hope so. As I said earlier, I don't want to instill fear or panic or doubt and uncertainty. There is uncertainty about the new year, the new decade. There's always uncertainty about the next day when we live into the next day. There's uncertainty about that. But while there is much unknown that could lead to uncertainty, it doesn't have to be that way. So here's what I want to share with you and invite you into this conversation. I want to share a reframe that I've experienced in the days leading up to the recording of this conversation. And when I say days, I mean literally days, three or four days. Some of these thoughts started on Saturday as I was working in the yard. And, you know, it's one of those kind of mindless tasks where you allow your mind to wander. Then on Sunday morning, in a time of stillness and silence, I heard, air quotes around heard, and I hope you don't think me too weird, I heard an invitation. And that's what I want to share with you in this part of the conversation and see if or to what degree it resonates with you. So it's fine if it doesn't resonate at all. No worries. Please don't feel any disconnect over that. But if it does resonate especially if it resonates at a deep level. I hope you'll let me know that it does because there's a really good possibility that we want to explore that together on a deeper level. So let me ask. Here's what I want to ask you if you can relate to. That if you've ever overestimated what you can do in a day and underestimated what you can accomplish in a month, a quarter, or a year. Okay, I'm raising both hands because that's certainly me. There's so many days or times in a project that I just overestimate. And I go, oh, I'll be done with that in an hour, two hours. And then it's the end of the day and I'm still stuck. Hey, I want to add to this that there's so much focus, especially this time of year. And people asking, what are you going to accomplish in this next year, in the year 2020? What are your goals? And there seems to be for some people, so much focus and fascination with the idea that we reset the clock or the calendar every year that we get the point that one year is long-range planning. And I want to question that. And I want to tell you, I'm just as affected by that as the next person. And I have been for a number of years. And I've been frustrated with the annual planning process that I've adopted or attempted to implement and apply but I hadn't really thought of a different option until Sunday. And at this point, I want to share, it's an idea, it's a perspective. It's not a framework, it's not a system, and there's nothing that I'm trying to hawk or sell talking about the folks that have this figured out. I'm not one of those that has it figured out and that has the seven-step plan for you to approach the next decade. But I want to ask, 
Imagine you adopt a framework that looks at the next decade, not just the next year. And instead of 365 days, you have 3,650 days to make that dent in the universe. And instead of four quarters that all of a sudden, you know, when you feel like by week two or three, you're behind, you begin losing hope and start feeling you need to refocus. Well, what if instead of four quarters, you have 40 quarters? How might you approach them differently and that thinking differently? So I just want to share where I'm at in this new thinking for me and how it's different. As I said, I've been locked into this annual thinking doing model for a long time. And when I do that, I feel that I've got to complete the discovery phase in November or December because I've really got to hit the ground running by January 2nd if you take January 1st off as a holiday. And if you've not done it by the 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, or January 10th or January 15th rolls around, all of a sudden you're beginning to write goals off and readjust because you just feel you've lost the time. So if we take a decade-long mindset, gaining traction isn't so much a matter of weeks. It's something that we're thinking, wow, how do we spend months, or even the whole year 2020 in a discovery process, or inviting other people into discovery processes and not feeling it's too late for them because they didn't jump on the bandwagon soon enough. They weren't with you in the December planning session or vision casting session, or they weren't there the first two weeks of January. So wait again until next year. No, if we take this decade-long approach, there's plenty of time. So Hold that thought because I want to invite you into something that is far less transactional oriented because we adjust the time frame. But first, I want to take one little detour that is part of this journey for me. And the question is that goes with this, it's all about extraordinary. And I want to talk to you for just a moment, invite you into this conversation about this extraordinary, this extraordinary life. So when you hear the phrase extraordinary or extraordinary, what comes to mind? How do you or how would you define and describe the extraordinary or extraordinary life? I'd love to hear your ideas. I'll share some of mine in a moment, but, you know, I hope I don't frustrate you because I am not going to lay out a complete definition of what I believe is your extraordinary life because your vision could be radically different than mine. But I want to do it in the context of a story. So some of you listening, you recall because you were involved, and I've had conversations in just recent weeks. Some of you were involved with us back in 2018 when we launched a 13-week program we called the Extraordinary Experiment. So just last week, I was in a conversation with a friend who's a listener to this podcast, Lauren, and she was recounting how the Extraordinary Experiment came along at just the right time for her. She was at a low point in life, a time when she had kind of lost her way, her bearings. You know, it's funny, and I'm not sure if she knew this, but it was the same for me. I remember the day. I remember it like it was just a couple of weeks ago, but it was April 17th, 2018. It was a Tuesday, 
And it was one of those times when somehow I had lost sight of the light and darkness had crept in my heart and mind and dark and depressing times. I struggled to get out of bed that morning. That morning, I do remember being more aware of the darkness surrounding me than the light that could drive that darkness out. I finally dragged myself out of bed. And when I say that, just so you don't, I mean, I'm talking like maybe 7, 7.30. I'm a guy that gets up 4.35 most mornings. So, you know, it's rare that I sleep past 7, 7.30 maybe that morning. And I came into my home office and being the routinized guy that I am, that my wife Gwen would tell you, oh yeah, he is. I tried going through the motions, but the motions weren't working. I tried to pray. There just weren't any words. So to confirm this date, because it is locked in my mind, but I just wanted to make sure that it really was April 17th, I dug out a journal, my journal from that time. And not only did I want to confirm the date, I wanted to confirm the words. And yes, they are etched accurately in my mind. So here's what I wrote that morning, struggling to pray. Couldn't pray anything hardly, but here is what I prayed. Holy Spirit. You are the creative spark of the universe. Spark creativity in me. And I tried to pray. It was more like wallowing on the floor. I do remember laying down on the floor. Yeah, I probably even drifted off into sleep. I mean, I was kind of like it was that liminal state. I'm not sure how consciously aware I was of what I was doing, but I was there. And 45 minutes later, an idea popped that when it popped was probably 85% baked upon arrival. Astonishing for me. I instantly contacted Christy Kern. I've mentioned her name before. She's my friend and chief collaborator on all-purpose-related, purpose-inspired projects. And I ran the idea by her. I said, what do you think? She liked it. She thought it had merit. She said, let's do it. So two days later, we had a landing page up and we were launching what we were calling the Extraordinary Experiment. Because even in that, the name was there. Let's do something that's extraordinary. And the whole idea of the extraordinary is building on the idea that while many of us, myself included, aspire to be extraordinary, when we look around, and then that kind of inspires a parenthesis there. Maybe we shouldn't look around because when we do look around, most of us cannot resist the temptation to compare ourselves to others. But we look around and we see others who appear to be totally exceptional, totally extraordinary. And you and me think, wow, I am so Stinking ordinary. There is just nothing extraordinary about my life. Well, that was kind of the inspiration. And that's why I started enunciating the word extraordinary rather than extraordinary. Because you and I look at extraordinary people and think, oh, I could never be like that. They were born exceptional. They have exceptional brain, beauty or brawn. And me, I'm just ordinary. We thought, what if we created, designed 13 weeks of challenges that each challenge was designed to help people step beyond their comfort zone into an extraordinary encounter? And how might that allow us to see, discover, appreciate, enjoy, experience 
extraordinary facets of life. We had 276 people join us from 28 countries, and 240 of those completed the 13 weeks. We ran the 13 weeks of the project, thought about writing a book about it, then got busy with other things. Then, back in July of this year, we launched the Gratitude Challenge. And as it grew, which was way beyond our expectations, people began asking What's next? Well, we really hadn't envisioned a what next because we were just frantically trying to launch the gratitude challenge in a short amount of time. And then all of a sudden there was a day. It was July 11th. I remember. Happens to be our granddaughter Emma's birthday, but that's not why I was thinking about this that day. We were having some technology challenges with email delivery rates. And all of a sudden I started thinking, what if? We hosted the Gratitude Challenge inside of a community. And then I started thinking, well, what would we call that community? And then the extraordinary experiment resurfaced. And it was like, wow, what if that is the community we create to host the Gratitude Challenge in or other challenges? Because we recognize gratitude. I didn't recognize this two years ago, didn't recognize it a year ago, started recognizing it this summer. Gratitude is the gateway to an extraordinary life. So we launched this community. We call it This Extraordinary Life. You see, this life that you and I have been given is remarkable. Actually, it is extraordinary. And the path to living an extraordinary life The path from ordinary to extraordinary is simple. It's doing a lot of little things, ordinary things, but doing them with additional focus, flair, and fervor. And suddenly that life that we thought was ordinary is extraordinary. And this extraordinary life is available to us all. So recently, I started asking myself the question, recently, the last two, three weeks, what would it take for me to go all in on this extraordinary life? As I was pondering that question, and as recent as the weekend before last when you hear this or when this releases, I saw or heard that invitation to think differently about 2020. Not just think about 2020, not just think about the 2020 decade, but to think of it as a decade of difference. How does that sound to you? When you hear that, how does that strike you? Does it resonate and reverberate with you at a deep level, at a heart level? And I'm not talking about as a marketing concept. Do you think that has marketing spin or pizzazz? I don't care. I really don't. I'm talking philosophical. Does it echo, resonate at the core of your being? Do you feel a sense of connection? Do you feel a sense of hope? Wow, I would love to live a decade of difference. What would be different if I approached the next 10 years as a decade of difference in business, leadership, and life. Hmm. I just mentioned, what if it struck you at the core of your being? Let's unpack that a wee bit. If we're focusing on a decade of difference, what if it is more about who you and me are being and becoming than what it is we are doing and accomplishing? 
And what if going all in on this extraordinary life is me living a decade of difference, you living a decade of difference? And what if in the process of being and becoming, it's more about developing strong ties with a community of people with whom you are connected, like-hearted, remember when I said that? And you are connecting with this community, and it's way beyond weak ties and fast wins. This is about deep ties and going the distance. So here's what I'm realizing and envisioning, that some of the people that I've worked with the last two, three years, or even the people that I've gone deep into community with over this past year, these are people that I will be involved with for the next 10 years maybe even beyond, but the next 10 years. So that got me thinking about the African proverb that I always use in strategy sessions. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So embracing the extraordinary in business, leadership, or life is the long road. It is the far journey. It is a road less traveled. And it's one, two, be effective, I started to say successful, but to be faithful with, it requires us doing it together, walking together. So uh, I'm pausing. And let me ask this question. Hmm. Actually putting this out in this podcast, that is a brave and a bold step for me. And it's one that before yesterday, I probably wasn't prepared to take. I would have probably really dialed it back. It was the next step, but it's certainly not the last step. And if I'm honest with you in this moment in which I am recording this conversation, this exact moment, I'm not sure what the exact next step is because before I hit record and put this out there in the universe, this was the next step. But I've been mapping, I've been envisioning, I've been dreaming, I've been talking to people. Some of those next steps are for the podcast. Some are for discovery sessions that we will host and facilitate in person. Some are for the online community, this extraordinary life. And one big next step is simply connecting more deeply with people with whom this idea of a decade of difference and living, leading, and doing business in extraordinary ways resonates. If any of this sounds interesting to you, email me, Kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com, or you can call me at 678-744-5111. Here's what I'm wondering. If your head is spinning, now let me say that even more, if your heart is warm, if your heart is resonating, reverberating with something that you've heard here, we want to connect. If you're not part of a community, I know some communities that would welcome you in. They are people, wonderful people, who are pursuing the road less traveled. Contact me. And if you are really kind of reverberating at a deep level, Book a call with me. You can do that by going to kevindmonroe.com. That's kevindmonroe.com slash 2020, 2020, kevindmonroe.com slash 2020, and we'll find a time to connect and talk about this. 
Wow, this has gone way longer than I imagined it would for a solo episode. Thank you for hanging with me. I hope you are inspired. I hope you are imagining like I'm imagining what's different about the road less traveled. I hope you're wondering what would it be like to approach 2020, not just the year, but the whole 2020s as a decade of difference. So whenever it is that you hear this, it's not too late for you to embrace your next decade as a decade of difference. Hey, I don't know if I've ever said this to you on a podcast, but I'm just in one of those zones today. I love you. I really do. Thank you for allowing me to share these moments with you. And I want to encourage you to live, love, and lead an extraordinary life, a life filled with purpose. What could 10 days of gratitude do for you? Find out what hundreds of people have experienced and make a change that can last a lifetime at thegratitudechallenge.community because it's better when we do things together. 